Hello, everyone, and welcome to Science Unscripted. It's Connor here. Thank you. A while back, and I'm talking pre-pandemic, if memory serves, Gabe and I had an entire episode dedicated to a study from MIT about the moral machine. And what that episode was about was the idea that self-driving cars, um, they're going to have to make decisions on what to do in an accident situation. Mm -hmm. If it's unavoidable, who should the car hit? Who or what? Who or what should the car hit? And that that car is that the decision was it was given by the programmers, right? Well, somebody had to program it to make those decisions. Yeah, and then MIT came out and said, "No, no, we need we need normal people to answer these questions." And it's culturally specific. Actually, the machine cannot make that decision. Well, yeah, and in that case, the reason it was so fascinating is should a, should a car hit a dog? Or an elderly person, if it has to make that decision, should it? How hit? does a human being make that decision? Isn't that Sophie's choice? You, you have surveys, 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 and where it was again in the U.S. Certain people said that, for example, of course you protect the child as opposed to an elderly person. Um, when they conducted those surveys, surveys in Asia, the opposite was true: protect the elderly person because you can always have more children. Really fascinating stuff, kind of dark, but very fascinating and. Um, with that in mind, we go to a thematically similar topic today, which is AI systems are popping up everywhere. Mm. And how do we make sure that when they make moral decisions that are going to affect large groups of people, how do we make sure that, we, that they're doing it right? But in order to do that, we need to first figure out how human beings make those decisions. Today, we're going to be speaking with someone from Google DeepMind someone in the, on the development of artificial intelligence. She's doing e experiments on that very topic? Yeah, she's basically trying to figure out if we can create a, 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 a nearly perfectly just AI system by applying the principles of a dead political philosopher. Science Unscripted. Okay, so my name is Laura Weidinger, and I'm a senior research scientist at DeepMind, where I look at questions around ethics and AI, and we've just published a paper that is trying to solve the value alignment problem. So you use the word problem there with regard to AI. Can we start, Laura, just by hearing about an example, a, a concrete example of how AI could be used in the future in a way that's problematic? Absolutely. So AI is probably already being used in more places than we typically think about. But uh, one domain we might think of is healthcare, where we're using AI to assist doctors' decision making. And um, that is currently just being done to, for example, diagnose X-ray scans. But we can think of AI being used in uh, places where resources need to be allocated to. So, for example, which patient needs care is already a process where assistive technologies sometimes are being used to triage. And uh, that is a domain where we might see AI being used more in the future. And so we've got AI making these life or death decisions in the background, pre-programmed to do so, and we don't really know how it's arriving at its, con at its conclusions or why. Exactly. I mean, we can know how it's arriving at its conclusions and why, but the question that I'm looking at is, what conclusion should it arrive at, given you know you and I and everybody else might have different opinions on what's important to prioritize? And and the problem is that there are people uh, somehow steering these decisions or are in control of what 
these this these how this AI thinks is is that the problem? In a way, yes. So there is essentially different people who could uh, engineer these systems, right? And uh, they have a lot of power to decide what the system is going to do. I think we've seen it in self-driving cars that this discussion around, well, what should a car uh, avoid? What kind of accident should it avoid? And often these are quite contrived examples, um, really abstract moral dilemmas, but they do relate to a real problem, which is sort of what what values should we bake into these systems? And one of the problems here is that it shouldn't be down to AI engineers to to make that call for everybody else. Okay, so let's let's solve this problem now, or at the very least, look into your experiments <laughs> that it, that attempted to solve it. Why don't we start concretely with the experiment you did, or experiments plural? It was about harvesting trees. How on how yeah. on earth <laughs> how on earth does harvesting <laughs> trees connect to the AI debate? Yes, thank you. That is a great question. So um, in our experiment, like in many psychology studies, we're trying to find a sweet spot between having an abstract enough study that is talking to a real world question. So harvesting trees is the setup in which people were playing a computer game. And really, this was just a veneer for asking them a question about distributive principles. So you could either make the AI assist the people in their harvest who have very few trees, so very few resources, which corresponds to earning less money in the experiment. Or you could have the AI assist the people who already have a lot of trees, um, which would mean that the AI overall maximizes utility, but really ends up making the rich richer, if you will. And what were you trying to figure out? You were trying to see how the human beings would decide, or you were trying to teach uh, AI with, with this experiment? We were trying to see what the humans would choose, and we were comparing two groups. So one group was literally playing this game, knowing exactly whether they were going to be in the less advantaged sparser patch or in the richer patch, and they were deciding which principle the AI should follow, whom it should help. But the group that we were really interested in was operating behind a veil of ignorance. So this is a thought experiment from philosophy um, by someone called John Rawls, and is really about forcing people to think um, in a kind of more abstracted way. Because what those people had to do is decide which principle the AI should follow before they knew whether they were going to be in the less, uh, in the sparser or in the more dense patch. So they had no idea that they were going to be affected by their decision. Is that what was going on? They had an idea they would be affected, but they didn't know how. So they didn't know if they were going to be the ones that would benefit from the rule that prioritizes the worst off, or if they were going to be in the position where they um, are going to benefit from the other rule that maximizes overall harvest. And so they had to think, well, you know, all things considered, I don't know where I'm going to end up. I don't. I know that I'm playing with other people. This is a multiplayer game. So someone will end up in the poor patch. Someone will end up in the rich patch. What should the AI do? So if Gabe and I were taking or were part of this experiment. Um, I might have been in the group where I knew which team was mine, kind of. Oh, I'm part of the rich team over there, so I'm going to tell my AI to to load up all the logs and give it to the rich team because I'm one of them. Whereas if Gabe is behind the veil of ignorance, he wouldn't know which group is his. So, of course, he's going to instruct the AI to be fair, to make sure that both groups or all groups get enough trees because who knows where he's going to end up. 
Exactly. So it's interesting that you say, of course, he's going to instruct the AI to uh, be fair and that that means helping the worst off. None of this is kind of obvious because um, in previous literature, we've seen that some people say, well, you know, if you don't know where you're going to end up, you're going to choose to help the worst off because of your risk aversion. But it has nothing to do with what is fair or not. And we show that actually we control for things like risk aversion, political opinion. So it's not that you know, Gabe would choose to prioritize the worst off because he's against, uh, he's risk averse or because he's politically inclined in this way. It's because he really just gets to pause and think, well, what do I actually think is fair? And that makes him choose to prioritize the worst off. You said John Rawls before. And I, I, wasn't it a theory that he was basing this on? I think Connor's question is good here because it, it almost presupposes that I automatically understand what is just because I'm because I'm th- I'm making my decision from behind this veil of ignorance, does that mean that I'm uh, like just a priori, that I just understand justice? So it doesn't require you to understand justice. It doesn't even say that you are a priori just. The idea of the thought experiment is that, or the, of the veil of ignorance, it is a moral theory, is that um, if you are able to reason without being sort of biased by your own position, you know, you just know that, a lower tax bracket will benefit you because you have a high income or you just know that certain health policy will benefit you because you have a certain disease or are healthy. So we're kind of constantly clouded in our judgment about what is just by our own self-serving interests. But if we don't know who we are and in that kind of constellation, are we the ones that are advantaged or the disadvantaged, then we can really take a step back and reason impartially. And so what John Rawls said is, you know, this is the framework that we would need. And if people were to reason impartially, they would automatically land on principles that are just. I absolutely love the idea and I want the world to work this way. I'm just wondering if if this truly applies to society at large, because going back to your example about healthcare, if mm-hmm. I were behind if I were to try to go behind a veil of ignorance and say healthcare should happen this way so that it's fair, so that resources are distributed in a blind, just manner. I'm mm-hmm. not sure I'm capable of saying that because I'm, I think I'm healthy. <laughs> I'm, I'm, a, I, I'm a healthy 40-year-old man. And so that w- wouldn't, would, wouldn't that still affect how I think resources should I'm, be? I'm a diabetic, so the, any laws that would be passed <laughs> healthcare-wise would, would favor the diabetics. <laughs> exactly. So that is the problem when we try to apply the veil of ignorance to, for example, healthcare policy direct. You're asking, why are we harvesting trees in a computer game? Maybe now you know. So the idea is to get at the same question, but not so domain-specific that we have no real chance at getting people to abstract from their position. If we're going to ask about, you know, all kinds of topics, people will have their own position in mind. But if you're in a computer game, you know you can earn a certain amount of money, but you're in maybe you're in this group where you don't know which position you'll occupy, then you take a step back and you reason about fairness in a way that as far as we can see, so looking at demographics, risk, politics isn't clouded by who you happen to be in the real world. So if I've understood you correctly, you can take the very real world dilemmas like healthcare and then translate it into a video game that has nothing to do with healthcare, but still answers the healthcare questions. Well, it is a part of the puzzle. I wouldn't say we fully answered the healthcare question. I think we need to see something like the veil of ignorance as a as an experiment 
as a part of the puzzle that kind of can com come together with things like democratic votes or focus groups like patients, you know, really hashing out the details of a concrete application. But what I think we are finding in this highly controlled, but also a bit more abstracted way is that the general gist is if you're trying to find principles of justice to bake into your AI, then prioritizing the worst off is a good place to start. When it, when it comes to baking into that AI, how do you create an artificial intelligence that operates from behind a veil of ignorance? Is, aren't there people out there steering it or helping it along? How do you do it? Yes. So the, the idea here wouldn't be that the AI itself operates behind a veil of ignorance. It's that by having people operate behind a veil of ignorance, we can come out with the kinds of principles that we as people want the AI to follow. So in our case, in our study, what we found is we're comparing these two options, right? And we find that people reasoning behind the veil of ignorance prefer for the AI to help the worst off. So what this means for baking in principles to our AI in the real world is that we want to focus not just on, we don't want to slip into an AI that helps those who are already relatively advantaged. We want to make an explicit effort to build then build the AI such that it prioritizes the worst off. Is one of the best conclusions of your study possibly that it turns out we we all want fairness, that we want the world to be just on some very deep level? I think so. So this is, you know, we've talked very much about what it means for AI, but this is also a study that is relevant for uh, philosophers and for psychologists, because it isn't obvious what people would want. Sometimes we think, you know, we're all utilitarians, we all just want to maximize utility. But what we are finding is that not at every cost. If it means that only that that the wealth gap essentially widens, then what we find is that people reasoning about justice, they really want to lift up those who are poorest or want to prioritize the worst off. And the reason we probably don't know this in everyday discourse is because we're usually very aware of our own position and um, not operating behind a veil of ignorance. One of the reasons that we wanted to talk to you, Laura, is because you are not a dusty old professor who's who's proselytizing from you know one of the one of the chambers of his university. Yeah, you're you, not John Rawls. You, you <laughs> yeah, I am not John no, Rawls. No, you are at DeepMind. DeepMind yes. is uh, is based in the UK. You're a subsidiary of Alphabet. Uh, most people know mm -hmm. it as Google. Google, one of the major AI systems, all sorts of AI systems. You're uh, DeepMind as well. You're in it. And I guess my my the realest question I can ask you is, could somebody like you? with these findings, walk into Silicon Valley and successfully make a case for doing this? Would, would people actually listen to you and say, hey, that, that is a good idea? W would companies do that? I think it's a part of the conversation and it is part of what shifts the needle. And, uh, you know, it's not going to be sufficient for any one researcher, any one study to really get people to care about those who are disadvantaged in society. But it is showing that if we want to build an AI that is actually just, this is what this is our best starting point. And so what it kind of creates as a forcing function is it at the very least forces a reply for why we're not doing that. What are you going to do with this research? Carry it into Silicon Valley. <laughs> <laughs>
And that was Laura Weidinger talking to us there. She's a senior research scientist at DeepMind, which is a subsidiary of Alphabet. All kinds of things to unpack there, Connor. But one thing you mentioned, uh, your question about um, whether it was cool that this study is proof that we're not, or is an indication that we're all not all that bad. It, it, it absolutely confirms one of Rawls, John Rawls' principles, the difference principle, that if there are inequalities in society, that they are only, they, they can only be allowed if they benefit those who are less well off, not those who already have everything, like maybe the way it is, the way the world works right now. Now, they, uh, yeah. It casts that there is at least in people who are participating in a study in in London. Did she do it in London? Uh, well, they're based in the UK. Yeah, in the UK, that it's at least possible. That's very cool. It, yeah, it 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 takes something pretty ra- radically new to to even imagine a different form of governance. I, I I went through school learning that you know our form of democracy is the least worst option. Mm. Uh, this is possibly the best if you had a bunch of people truly divested from the outcomes of decision-making, truly ignorant through this veil of ignorance, that you might have a really fair society. That's enough to think about for months. It cuts into (laughs) the idea that we are these hedonistic utilitarian monsters, that we only do what will help us, what is of utility to us. Maybe that's not true. That that, That would be awesome. Yeah, yeah. There's there's hope uh, at the very least. And last thing I'll say, what what I was thinking during that interview is her example was healthcare. We could have talked about ChatGPT. We, we could have talked about anything, um, but it, it's much larger than that. Because if you're thinking, well, you know, healthcare, these AI systems, they're not going to be perfect. They're going to make some mistakes, but overall, it's going to be fine. Well, the much larger at this point, futuristic question is artificial general intelligence, the idea that systems in the future will not just be smarter than us, but then much smarter and infinitely smarter than us. And uh, those systems, when they get created, we want those to have these principles in them. Yeah. When they create laws for us. Yeah. There has (laughs) rules and laws that those laws are created from behind a veil of ignorance. Yes. And benefit those who are less well off and not those who have the power? Well, the, the power might be the, the AI at that point. Yeah, and but so at that point, we're if, treated, if, yeah. if the AI is operating from behind a veil of ignorance, that it won't serve itself? Yeah. Right? And it'll serve us, the Ho- ones who aren't as smart? Hopefully. <laughs> what are your thoughts on this? I'm really interested uh. because there's, there's so much to think about with this topic. Let us know what you're thinking about, su at dw.com. 